Welcome to The Exchange, a podcast from Grace Church, an independent Bible teaching church in Wichita Falls, Texas. In this podcast, we examine the world through a grace perspective and connect biblical truth in everyday life. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Exchange Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan Smith, the high school and college pastor here at Grace Church. Before we get started today, I did want to make everybody aware, we if you were looking for an episode from last week, we did not have one. Uh, we had a couple funerals here at the church that uh, we as a staff needed to tend to, and, that, uh, and, and the podcast sort of took a back seat to that. Um, and then also wanted to let everybody know that uh, our our goal for this podcast is that it that it would go live every Thursday. Um, we've had some some technical difficulties with that on uh, the upload to Apple, and I think they're making some changes right now. So we're looking into that and trying to to address that to where these are consistently available on Thursdays. But if you're looking for these and wondering when they go live, they are supposed to to upload on Thursdays. Uh, just haven't always been doing that. So so hopefully here in the near future, we'll be able to get that fixed. But um, we are going to do, to, in today's episode, sort of a part two to what we did last week. So last week we had Caleb on talking about social media and the digital world. And uh, I mentioned in that podcast that Caleb and Josh and I, a couple of summers ago, or I guess it was last summer, um, did a series called Discipleship in the Digital Age, and we're going to be drawing a lot from from what we talked about in that series. And so if you're interested in listening to that, you can go to our church website, you can go to the Ministries tab and, and click on Biblical and Topical Studies, and you'll see another drop-down menu on that page that says Audio Recordings, and you can uh, go to, uh, the I think it's even one of the first couple of series still listed on that page, Discipleship in the Digital Age. So hopefully there's some good resources in there for parents and anybody wanting to look into this this uh, topic a little bit deeper. So with that, we'll jump into today's episode. So my guest today is Josh Fernberg. Hello, everybody. Josh, thanks for being here. Yep. So Josh is our children's pastor here at Grace. So Josh, you work with, obviously you work with children, um, all the way up through fifth grade. Yep, correct? fifth grade, correct. Yes, sir. And so, uh, you've got you've got kids up to fifth grade, which also means you're you're working with families a lot. Yeah, I work. Uh, you know, I know most of the families here at our church, but yeah, I mean, I I see them just as much as I see the kids. Yeah, and and so you're going to have, I think, some good insight for for a parent perspective on this and also your oldest now is how old yeah so he'll be in eighth grade yeah yeah so Gosh. i'm right yeah <laughs> i can't believe he's been over there at, at the gym for two years already. yeah so he's going in eighth grade so Dang. yeah okay no. so so you and and so even as a parent you're right there in kind of that sweet spot that we're talking about of, yes, of sir. preparing our kids for this world of of digital media and, and all of this so so i wanted to start with kind of your personal experience and so um how how do you assess your level of engagement with with smart tech and social media? Yeah, so when back when we were doing the um the the series on digital age, you know, how to how to navigate that, one of the most interesting things I found is uh the research tells us that and and if you have uh if you're a parent of a little kid, you'll know this by the age 3 or 4, kids already know how to download apps on our phones or tablets. Yep. Um, oh, they're and, surprisingly good at like 
my 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 three year old pulls out our iPad and she knows how to navigate that thing to get to her game. Yeah, I know. And it's like, you know, and they say, the crazy thing is they said by the age of five, which I think it's probably lower now, but by the age of five, the research was saying they can already record videos, upload <laughs> yes. videos, you know, so they're, they're are, they are being in, in inundated basically yeah. with tech, regardless of what age they are. Yeah, for sure. Know, so, and so do you use social media, any of that stuff? Yeah, so here's how it works in our home. Um, I currently do not use any social media. Um, my wife does, and really most of her social media is for her her, her business. Um, you know, she used a lot more when she was younger for just, like, keeping in touch with friends and things like that. Yeah. Um, however, as we've even uh, learned and um, we're w navigating it with our son, right, um, one of the things we'll probably talk about here in a little bit is setting examples for your kids with tech. Yeah. And so we've actually, I mean, I don't use it not because I think it's wrong or anything. It's just I don't have a huge need for it yeah, in my life. Right. But like my wife, she she's learned how to like how our kids are watching us with tech. And so she's even taken a step back in how often she uses yeah. it um, because she knows that he's watching right. us and how to, how, to, how to engage with that. Yeah. So. That's really good, and I think that's a step that I think a lot of people have to sort of reckon with that, and what do I want my kids to do, and am I doing that? Yeah, and I'd just like to take a note or a little time right here to say, you know, each family is going to be different, mm -hmm. right? So so what I'm saying here or that, that I do for my family does not necessarily mean uh, it's what Nolan Smith mm -hmm. and Susan need to do with their right. kids, but this is just what I'm doing, yeah. um, and they're, you know, so just keep that in mind as yeah. we talk today. Yeah, that this is, we're not saying you're right if you do this yeah. and wrong if you do that. Kind Absolutely, of thing, yeah. yeah. So um, I asked Caleb this last week, and and I'd be curious to hear your perspective w working with sort of younger kids. You know, when you look at your ministry and those, those kids that you have, how do you think their experience growing up with all this technology, we talked about being especially um, like good at using these yeah. things, right? Um, how do you think their experience growing up is, is different from like, yours and mine when we were kids. Yeah, so here's here's the I didn't really have tech growing up. Yeah. I mean the biggest tech we had were like video games and movies. I got a Nintendo sixty four yeah. when I was like ten years old. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we had like Nintendo or, that you know, it. Segas or whatever. Right. Uh and then we had movies mm -hmm. um and things like that. But the the access um, it is definitely different. Like I couldn't just hop on a phone or a, a you know, a, a device and access that. I mean, it was an actual console that I had to go to or yeah. go to a movie or to a movie rental place and actually get the movie. And so the, here's the deal. Their access is so much easier. Yeah, uh, it's sure. more accessible than we ever had. Um, but what else is, true for all generations that I, you know, I always tell parents is that even though their access is greater and they're more tech savvy than we were, mm -hmm. right, their maturity level is still of an eight-year-old or a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. uh, same was when we were eight and five. Like we're, yeah. we're not, our, we haven't developed in our mind and our yeah. brain yet hasn't developed to how to maturely handle tech, right? So even though they're, um, it's it's easier for them to access and, and to get a part of what I tell families is we're still the same and our cognitive ability really hasn't changed much from when I was a kid yeah. from when they were a kid, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's so. so true. You know, that reminds me of a, a story I, I want to share just real quick. And, and that's a friend of mine. I, I'm not going to out him by saying his name, but uh, when, when he was a kid, he, you know, he's, he's got some older siblings and 
um, and some brothers, and and they wanted access to the channels that you know we weren't allowed to to watch when we were kids. You know, um, and you're talking about access, like kids have have unfettered access yep. to a lot of stuff now. Back then, you know, if you wanted to watch the HBO or Cinemax or whatever channels were sort of off limits to kids, you had to you had to find workarounds. And and one of my friends when he was still pretty, I mean, I don't remember how old for sure, but he was pretty young. Uh, they asked their mom to come unlock the TV with the code so they could watch. They said it was going to be like wrestling or something <laughs> like that. And and he hid in the closet with a video camera and videotaped her hands on the, uh... the remote to unlock it. Um, and, and then, of course, they were able to kind of like have access at that point. But, but I tell that story because it, it's, one, hilarious to me, and, and two – that was the links that that kids had to go to back then yeah. to have access to some of this stuff. And now I'm seeing, and you've referenced this, but I'm seeing in my experience too with with high school kids and the things they talk about. I mean, you know, Netflix yeah. and really how we watch TV now, which before it was you know cable and all, and you had to wait for certain things to come on. You now it's you go pick what you want to watch, and so whether it's Netflix or it's some of these other streaming services that we have. Kids have such easier access, even when mm-hmm. parents. And I, and I don't. That's not to say that there aren't parents who are, who aren't actively trying to safeguard against that, but it's just such a different animal. Now. Yeah, I'll give you a perfect example. So you know, we we have we have Disney Plus, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and when when I hear the, the the name Disney, right? When I was growing up, um, yes, there were you know everybody has their own debate about mm-hmm. Disney, right? Mm-hmm. But even now, right? Not even everything on Disney Plus uh, is, I find, appropriate for my own kids. And so it's like, even though they have access and a lot of it's a good thing, Mm -hmm. I still have to be proactive uh, because of the level of access. Because I just, it's really hard. It's either sometimes full access to everything Mm -hmm. or no access. And you got to find that balance. Well, and and two, you're you're talking about, again, comparing our childhood to... to theirs you're talking about when it was when cable tv and like going to the movies was sort of the extent of your exposure maybe video games but they were so like you know underdeveloped i yeah, guess at 2D that point. Rudi- or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> rudimentary and and you know that eight bit eight pixel yeah. whatever you call it um so really it was tv and movies where you were you know, I think parents would have worried about exposure. Right. And and that was so much easier, I think, to limit and monitor. I mean, if, if the kid was in front of the TV, that was the only place they could see it. Sure. And then it had to be a certain time of day when certain shows were on or um, recording capabilities, you know, depending on what those were. You know, and so it was very limited. So that so it's it was sort of like the defenses that parents had to have were not as extensive. Yeah. And now you know, even again, even parents who are trying real hard and, mm-hmm. and working at this to, to safeguard their homes and their, their kids, there's just so many points of entry, you know, and, and opportunity for exposure. And, and so you mentioned Disney Plus, and it's like, that's one thing <laughs> out of, for some people, you know, when I, we open our TV, you mm-hmm. know, and, and turn it on and, and the apps pop up and Disney is one of like nine that mm-hmm. we use on a, on a fairly regular basis or whatever. And so you, you go into one of those and you have this sort of just endless portal of, of things to, to watch. And so if you say you, you manage to, to get everything in Disney that you want, you know, and, and customize that or whatever, well, you got all these other apps you got to worry about mm-hmm. too and, and safeguard against those. So it's just a lot of things, not just for 
the opportunity for kids to be exposed, but for parents to be, you know, on the on mindful guard. of. Yeah. And so we'll get to this. I, I know later, but, you know, just real quick, that's the whole point of, you know, I'll get to this whole idea of w- w- as parents, are we limiting? Are we giving ourselves the title of being a limiter? Mm-hmm. Are we giving ourselves the title of being an enabler or are we actually mentoring our yeah. kids? Because here's the deal, the truth of the matter, and you probably know this, we're not going to fully be able to protect our kids in in, in this current culture yeah. environment with tech, right? It changes so right. fast. So our job is, is to model and to, to be there as a support for them and help them as they're going to be the ones really navigating it right. uh, for the first time. So Right. So... You you did mention that we're going to get into some of the the parental bolts, yeah. yeah 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 all that stuff. So before we do it, you know, just generally, what do you think? What apps and and maybe not even apps because of where your your kids are, but like yeah. what what do you think is most common among your kids in your ministry as far as their interactions with all of this stuff? Yeah. So kind of the biggest thing that I've seen in like you know um, little kids, like nursery age kids, it's more going to be apps on parents' phone, right? So, you know, I, I was, I did this as a parent of young children. Like when I'm trying to talk to a friend or I'm trying to check out in the grocery store, I'm going to throw my phone to play on an app so I can check out in peace or have a conversation, yeah, right. right? So they're just going to be probably apps on a phone, right? But as they get older, that's when you start seeing more of them using the streaming, uh, services like Netflix and Hulu and right. Disney plus and, YouTube, things like that. But then even for me, you know, my son's now in the upper middle school, right? And so now we're breaching the the apps of social media world, right? So like TikTok and uh, Instagram and Snapchat and all that. And so we're trying to have to, we're we're navigating those and what's best for our family and what we feel like he can maturely handle. Yeah. So. Yeah, we brought up TikTok last week. If anybody's (laughs) curious about our thoughts on TikTok, you can go listen to last week's. But um yeah, we've got um, we've got those those apps, and, and then I, this is something that you you talked about. I think it was when we did the series last summer, but just how prevalent like video games are. Oh yeah, but and here yeah. So I didn't mention yeah, that. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. So the other thing that I've seen, especially uh, in my you know fourth and fifth grader. Um, in that age is when they start uh, really getting into the video games. And a lot of it that I touched on and the, the reason why I touched on it is because they're using that as a social platform, right? right. We're like me and you, how, how did we get to play a game together? You'd come to my house or I'd go to your house and we'd play it side to side. But now through technology, they can be at different houses. They can be in different countries yeah. and still be playing uh, a game together. And so we talked about the positives of that. You know, yeah. we, we didn't, we said that, you know, sometimes technology, uh, can really help, uh, our kids, uh, connect with, uh, uh, you know, peers, um, mm-hmm. since they're not running around the streets like yeah. we used to do, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. That, that is such an interesting note and, and something that I've noticed as far as, you know, the difference for students now versus when we were growing up. Cause for me, I, I was, I was into video games, to the extent that I, I felt like anybody our age back then was, I mean, I mentioned I got a Nintendo 64. That was the first gaming console I got when I was, you know, 10 years old, 1997 or whatever. Hmm. And, um, and, and I played, you know, Nintendo and, and PlayStation at other friends' houses. Uh, but, but I guess, you know, video games were, uh, I guess harder to look at, not as aesthetically interesting as they yeah. are now and things like that. Um, 
but but it it really does seem today like video games are more and more of a if you don't play them for hours on end, you're pretty abnormal, I think. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, and I, I don't, I don't at all want to disparage people who play video games yeah. because I, because I don't relate to that. I'm not saying you shouldn't or that it's wrong. I mean, we've got a student who graduated from our ministry who's an esport athlete in college, oh. like plays video games on scholarship. You know what I mean? Wow. And, and, so, but, but like, that's so different, yeah. like, you know, not, not saying it's better or worse, just it's so different. Yeah. And that now, and we mentioned this last week with Caleb, like when I was a kid, when we were playing video games, you talk about that. If you played video games mm-hmm. with your friends, you were side by side in the same room. And if there was, you know, more kids than controllers <laughs> and you were the one that wasn't getting to play right then, you were bored out of your mind. And all you're doing is waiting for that guy to, to his, his, you know, life on the video game to end so yeah. that you could, that you could take over the control. And now they, kids watch people play video games online. They seek it out so they can watch people play video games online. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, that just to me, like it blows my mind, mm-hmm. but that's just, that's one more thing that is, is competing for our kids' attention now. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was just a real interesting difference. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you were saying, the, re- the reason I think, too, uh, they spend more time on it than maybe me and you mm-hmm. did as well is, uh, I don't know, I mean, your kids are still young, but um, I just see kids today, parents a little bit bit be more protective mm-hmm. of where their kids are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my, my parents just gave me the, you know, Hey, be home by five or whatever, yeah. where I'm a little bit more um, in tune with where my kids are going, who they're hanging out mm-hmm. with. So a way that they feed that social um, dynamic that's in all in us is through y- the use of mm-hmm. those video games. And so they'll play them lo- longer than maybe I or you would, yeah. but th- it's because that's how they're, you know, connecting with their friends. That's how they're yep. hanging out with their friends. So a lot of times it's not even the video game per se. No, that's, right. that's a good that is, is the, per- is why they're spending the time on it. It's because of what they're getting out of it yeah. socially. Yeah. You know? So, so, so given what, these kids are using and, and the, the involvement they have with all this. What do you see any trends, anything that you think you can draw it back to like use of, you know, screens and, and social media and things like that, that you're seeing in young people that you, you're, you're going to say, okay, that, that behavior right there maybe is directly linked to this. Yeah. So the biggest thing, I mean, here's the deal in the ministry and I'm just going to talk about my ministry. So yeah. like, you know, high school, it's, it's probably different, mm-hmm. but like in my ministry, it usually, uh, fleshes out this way. Mm-hmm. So when my, it, it, it's, it's, what young kids wrestle with now, when they become entitled, when they become selfish, mm-hmm. right, then they usually have bad attitudes or yeah. uh, want to argue, right? Yeah. And so the way, way I see it in my home is the lo- the more time that they spend playing video games, uh-huh. the more rights that they think they, they have. <laughs> I, it's it's really yeah, yeah. interesting because it's like, like, it's a privilege to play those video games, but yeah. then the longer, the more they play them, the more they demand me to let them play. It's yeah. just a funny no, dichotomy we, there. We you see know? it in our, we see it in our three-year-old. I mean, if we let her, we let her watch too much TV. My, my wife said she watched, she watched a, a one too many shows today and, you know, one too many episodes of Paw Patrol or whatever it yeah. is, you know, and she's she's been acting pretty entitled, you know, this afternoon. And so it's like we it's, see it in our own kids. And it's so weird. I, I, I still I haven't really been able to figure out how all that works. It's interesting. But, I, but what I noticed is when you take it away, right, mm-hmm. 
then all of a sudden their behavior changes as well. And I'm not saying uh, technology is bad. I'm just saying what we try to do is we pick up on those cues, Mm -hmm. right? So if we see our son, like your daughter, becoming entitled or things like that, we like, it's just a light bulb that pops up in our head. It's a great way to think about it. You know, why why is that happening? Oh, he's he's just spent the last two hours playing Fortnite with all of his buddies and they've just been talking about how entitled they are or whatever, (laughs) you know? So that's kind of how we... That's that's a really good point. Yeah, it's a good way to think about it and, and let those things that we we do notice them and then let them be indicators. Yeah, I think that's good. So uh, so getting into some of what we touched on earlier with the whole parenting side of this, yeah. what are what are some principles that you think would help parents who are who are entering into this or maybe they're already in it but they're trying to navigate this? Yeah. So the biggest the biggest thing is the way I, the way I define it is you can be a parent in three ways and and you can parent your your kids in the tech world in three ways right so the kind of three categories that i i define is uh uh, i said a little bit earlier but it's a limiter and basically that's 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 a parent or a parenting style that says you know what i hate technology i hate what it does to our culture i hate what it does you know to my kids behavior so i'm just not basically everything that is technology-wise, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the gatekeeper of it. Which I think, to expand on your idea here, I think a lot of us as parents or just people who grew up in a different generation, we tend to reject it a little bit in the sense that we want to believe we can uh, we can avoid it and and then live in a world where we don't have to be around it as much, and then that our kids can live in that world, and it's. It's a little, I, th- I think it's a little bit presumptuous and maybe a little ignorant of the reality that, that our kids are going to grow up in a more technologically connected world than we Yeah, did. so here's, here's something interesting that probably not everybody knows about me. So I'm in a, uh, you know, I'm getting my master's in education. Uh, and one of the biggest things that comes up time and time again in the field of education is how are we going to teach? How are we going to train the next generation in, in the school system? Right. Uh, and Which COVID is sort of giving us a lot of <laughs> yes. <laughs> crash course in that. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Every study, all the books we're reading, everything I'm studying, technology is not going away. Mm-hmm. Okay. And oh, in yeah. fact, it's increasing at a rate uh, so advanced that this is true. It said in my book that if a, a kid, what a, a student goes learning as a freshman in college Technology-wise, by the time they're a senior, will already be outdated. So how do you keep up with the times, right? Yeah. And so that's what schools are engaging with. So here, here's what I mean by that. You and I cannot be naive about the use and the depth that technology plays in our everyday world. It, it, it's not going to go away. Yeah. Um, and so how do we, we as parents... Um, leaders or whatever, how do we help the young generation navigate those? That's where we need to focus on. And then that gets me into the other two types, right? The next one would be an enabler. And you see this, I mean, here's the deal. You know, I always say I was kind of the first generation of, you know, with kids that grew up from birth having a phone in their hand, right? Uh, And an enabler parent, and a lot of people that in my generation fall into this, not because they chose it, it's just we're trying to keep up with yeah, the, the times, right? So an enabler is the is the parent that just says, "I have no clue about technology. I don't know what this thing does," and they just give they just open the floodgates and they they don't have any control, right? So that would be the second type, and so we don't want to be limiters. 
We don't want to be enablers. Right. So where do we fall? And that's my third one is I think that the, where we need to start is this idea of mentorship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it, our job being the ones that are mentally, <laughs> well, I say this, I laugh at myself. I'm supposed to be mature and my brain is fully developed yeah. and all those things where yeah. my kids are still developing, right? You know, I say obviously make tons of mistakes, but we're supposed to be the mature ones. Yes. And so how do we mentor them and model behavior and show them what a good, healthy balance of using technology looks like. Yeah. So that's where I, I think we need to start and from. And do it alongside them, right? Absolutely, because here's the deal. I've noticed already in my, you know, 13, about to be 14-year-old, he already knows more about technology than I do. Sure. And I use it, honestly, more than he does yeah. in a day, yet he still knows more well, about I heard, it. Well, I heard a while, a long time ago, I heard the, this, this idea, the concept of first language and second language, mm-hmm. that for you a lot not all technology because because uh, we grew up with with a lot of technology too, sure. and computers and things like that but i mean we didn't have the internet in, uh, in my house until i was at least old enough to remember getting internet i mean probably late elementary school middle school um so so probably even later for you yeah, yeah it was college before yeah. i had internet in my home <laughs> and, and so and so like for us there's we, we're familiar with technology but only to an extent mm-hmm. and then you're you're touching on your son being living in a world where he's never not known technology so technology and, the, and specifically the kind we're talking about is a first language for him yeah that's true whereas for us a lot of this stuff tends to be second language and we're learning it you know as we go <laughs> sort of the way somebody learns a second language and it's it's mm-hmm. not the first thing we learned so. yeah you know even you know just to piggyback on your idea you know I always think about man I really wish I would have learned Spanish uh, yeah. when I was a yeah. kid because I've tried as an adult I've you know, I've dabbled in it a few times and then I just give up because it, mm. if you're not using it yeah. every day as an adult, it's so easy to forget, right? Yeah. Where kids, if they can pick it up at a young age, it stays with them forever. Oh, I mean, you know? like coding, you know, is something I'm like, I wish I'd learned coding, you know, in high school or college so that I just have that skill in my back pocket because it's just going to be such a useful sure. skill. And kids now, I think that's, I, there's, you know, there's plenty of high school kids that are like real good at that. And yeah. just, that's no problem, you know? So, um, so yeah, for sure. It, it, it definitely is a matter of, of like them already knowing all that. And then the world they live in is just going to get more and more technologically connected. So, um, you know, what do you think about, I don't know if you've got other thoughts on the, on the principal yeah. side of this, yeah. but what do you, what do you think about and, and this goes back to one of your your sort of foundational principles of are you living the example that yeah. you want your your kids to see? How do you? And, and I'm just talking from a from purely a Christian wisdom standpoint mm-hmm. here. Like I'm a Christian, I want to live this life wisely. I, mm-hmm. I just I, I want to do the best I can to honor the Lord with my time and how I live my life. So just just from that standpoint. How do you advise people, say, in your generation okay. to, to, to engage with things like social media? I mean, we, I mean, we talked like we're not we don't talk a lot about this is right and that's wrong. Right. But, but more just thinking like what's wise yeah. in your mind? How, yeah. how do you define that for somebody in our, <laughs> our age range? Yeah, so for me, it's like the way, I, you know, and I'm just going to talk about me personally. Sure. I think um, the way I define it is um, 
by engaging in this social media or u- the use of this technology, is it growing me in, uh, you know, this is such a Christianese word or phrase I'm about to say, am I growing more like Christ, right? Like that's such a Christian thing and yeah, right. to say, but really that's kind of, to me, that's kind of my litmus test yeah. of, you know, am I... Yes, can we use social media for fun? Is there anything? Absolutely not. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with have you know having a Facebook account or Instagram, Instagram account yeah. and posting yeah. things about your family or whatever. But there can be a time where it gets to be unhealthy, right? And so um, that could be maybe you're spending way too much time on social media and you're not you know, using that time to do other things that you need to get done or whatever. And so, you know, for me, though, personally, um, I, I, I try to balance that. Like, is it growing me? Is it benefiting me? Um, and so, you know, I that's kind of how I judge it. Okay. Um, however, I like I said, I'm not super tech savvy. I'm not a social butterfly. I'm an extrovert. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not just naturally going to want to post about my yeah. day. Uh, However, I like to hear about other people's days, too. So I'm not saying, like, to go to an extreme either, you know, so. Yeah, that's good. And and we're talking about the principle, and we're about to go more towards the practical. Um, But before we do, I want to kind of go back to to our last point, because there was something that, that, as you were talking about this, it made me think about uh, some some things I learned in my, my Christian counseling class. And so... Um, and, you know, we talk about this in seminary and, and, and you mentioned the, the principles of, uh, of enabling, of limiting, and then mentorship, men- mentorship being yep. this almost the happy medium or the, or the ideal position. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that goes, as you're talking about that, I was, I was pulling this up because it goes so, it's so in line with what my counseling professor talked about with us. And, and so I'm going to, I want to read you kind of his, um, his stance, I guess, on, on parenting, something that he gave us that it's, he was talking about the goal of parenting and this goes, he's talking real broad. You're talking at a social media level, but it's just so in line Hmm. with what we talk about in in counseling. And, and, uh, he says the goal of parenting is it's not control, but it's influence. Yeah. And, and then he says that, that. You're not you're you're not uh, you're not looking for something that works. In other words, your parenting shouldn't be results driven, mm-hmm. right? To where you you decide this is what I ultimate I want this specific outcome, and so I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to that outcome. Yeah. So I want my child to look like this, and so I'm going to do whatever I can to shape them like that. It's you don't do what works, but you do what is wise. Mm. And so wisdom then doesn't guarantee an outcome. It increases the likelihood of that that positive outcome. Well, you know, you always hear that verse, the pro- it's in Proverbs, where, you know, it talks about, you know, if if you raise your child up in the ways that they should go, they will never depart from it. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that come from? Wisdom literature, right? Right. Is that a guarantee right. that that's not going to happen? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. It's just a wise practice to do. Like, right. I want to train my child up in the way that they should go. At the end of the day, though, um, they're going to be the ones that it's going to come down to to flesh that out on a yeah. daily basis. Yeah, and, and and that's so true. It's it's from the wisdom literature, meaning it's it's not <laughs> promise this, literature. Yeah, this <laughs> is not it's not God's. It's not prophecy. Yeah, it's not promise. Like you said, um, it is. It's it's just that. It's wisdom. It's hey. 
in general, mm-hmm. this principle plus this principle equals this reality kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, t- to take it a step further to, and again, this is just so closely tied to everything that you've said, you know, he, he m- what my professor talks about after that is he goes into the three tasks of parenting. And okay. I think these are super helpful. So, so those three, or you talk about the three roles yep. and they really get at, you're not trying to control and you're not totally 100% hands off. Hands off. Yep. It's I'm going to try and have influence. Mm-hmm. So I, I recognize I can't control my child and I, and I also recognize I shouldn't just let my child do whatever they want, but I try to have influence. Mm-hmm. And, and so in the same way that there's those sort of three positions, he, he also offers three tasks of parenting. So okay. there's the godly example, which you talk about. Okay. Can you model what you want your kids to do? Can, are, are they seeing it in your actions? So there's the godly example. Okay. There's the godly standard, which hmm. is to say, this is what's expected of us. This is what we uh, aspire to. Um, we get this from scripture, and we we believe that this is God's standard. This is the way we ought to live our lives, so on and so forth. So there's the, the godly example. There's the godly standard, and that's communicated, right? Mm-hmm. The kids know what's expected. This is this is what's expected of you, and there are you know consequences and things like that. Um, but you've got godly example, godly standard, and then godly response. Mm. And that one's so good because it's recognizing that just like for for ourselves, like we know there's a standard mm. and uh, and something that is expected of us, and something we expect of ourselves. We also know we fall short of that all the time, and we want grace when we mm-hmm. fall short we want to to know that god still loves us that the people around us still love us when we when we fall short so godly response and parenting is is really that you know with our kids it's there's a standard you didn't you didn't meet the standard well i'm still going to res- respond to you in a godly way and, yeah and can i uh, jump on that yeah, real yeah, quick because sure. um this i mean has just come up again one more time uh, in our in our family unit, you know, pre, you know, just recently, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what I always try to tell parents um, is, when your kid does mess up, because here's the deal: you and I, we make mistakes. So why why should we expect our kids not to? Right? Uh, that's how we learn. That's how we grow. Right? Yeah. Um, but here's the deal: what I always try to encourage parents to do is never be surprised when your kid that's is telling advice. something. Yeah. Right? You can be surprised with your husband or wife later uh, when your kids are not around. What in the world? Yes. Yeah. The, the the key is is yeah. we need to as parents to train our reaction mm-hmm. to not be surprised because here's the thing do you think god's surprised at any of our right, stuff right. no no his character tells us he's not right mm-hmm. he knows uh he knows the future he knows everything before it even happens right yeah. so he's not surprised but yet he still loves us right and so as parents what i always try to tell them is yeah. in that moment that they're expressing something or you find out something that is maybe not to that godly standard mm-hmm piggyback the god what's your godly response and our godly response is one of acceptance Mm -hmm. one of love um and so just think through that that was a great point that Mm -hmm. you those those three points Uh, yeah i I just thought that was and it was so it really mirrored what you were talking about earlier too and and starting with that example are we are we living out that example and then do our do our kids know what's expected do we and and that's going to be that's a challenge with something like technology and social media mm-hmm. what is expected and 
uh, I think that maybe of all these areas might be the, the, the part that we as parents are going to struggle the most with, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the, maybe modeling it. That's pretty tough too, but, yeah. but, but to be aware of the world they're navigating and trying to be there with them and then, and then letting them know what is accepted because here's the thing. I mean, you know, kids, and, and this is something that goes back to just the kind of the neuroscience of, of adolescence and things that I've read in the, in literature, but you know, kids' brains are wired for risk taking mm-hmm. that by nature that's what they're doing and so when our kids and i and i try to i try to remember this my wife will remind me of this like when our little kids are exploring the world you know as, yeah. as you know toddlers and they're doing things that i'm like don't do that that's gross or that's you know picking things up off the floor and putting things in i'm like no don't don't yeah, put, that don't in put your hand in the dog poop yeah exactly <laughs> and 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 it's you you know having to realize no like their brains are sponges they're trying to learn everything mm-hmm. they can about their environment and at a, at a different level that's what the adolescent brain is too it's it's a sponge that's trying to learn about the world and and it's a step or 10 higher than these toddlers and so it's not just the physical realities of the world around and what does that taste like what does that smell like well it, it's what happens if i do this yeah it's you know uh, how does this affect that person over there if I if I say this? Well, they they're trying to find their boundaries, is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly, yeah, boundaries. You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, 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 and roles yes. too, like identities. Yeah. How do I feel most comfortable? Do I feel most comfortable when I look like this? Do I feel mm-hmm. most comfortable when I dress like that? Do I feel most comfortable when people see this about me? You know, and so we have to recognize that too, and and allow some room for empathy as parents Mm -hmm. and it's hard it's i mean it it is something that takes intentionality to step out of our own mindset of like yeah don't post that that's stupid you know wait a minute why did you do that you know you go you know one of the tricks that i always try to communicate to parents and um you know in junior high right everybody you know jokes around how junior high is like the worst years of your life um always tell parents put yourself in that junior high mindset. How do you think you would would have been, right? I mean, junior high is the hardest time because your 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 body's changing during those 3 years, right? And so you're just trying to figure out your your brain is formed. I mean, just so many things happen in yeah. that time period. Yeah. And if you can just have that empathy, just mm-hmm. put yourselves in their shoes yes. or even make, you know, if you can recall if you have any memories of your junior <laughs> yeah. high experience, yeah. That helps you to to really right. have empathy, I think, for your kids. It does. Uh, because, you know, it's... Or, like, when you go pick them up from junior high, Ugh. maybe, maybe like, just take a peek in the hallway and remember <laughs> the environment. The well, Allie, Allie uh, has... Uh, been sixth grade year she would chaperone the dances now he doesn't want her to come you know but the first couple years i mean she would go and chaperone and she'd be like oh my gosh josh and just tell me i'm so glad i'm not there yeah just the awkwardness of like you know it's just it's just an interesting time it is so um yeah and it's just so hard for us to relate to that sometimes as as parents or or as pastors you know who for for me, I'm not as old as the parents of my students, right? Um, but I always tell them, you know, in in pretty much every imaginable way, I'm closer to them in terms of mindset sure. and experience than I am to the students, just because of how fast it all changes. And 
anyways, I, I just think that's interesting to, to talk about the, the mindset of a, of a kid or a, you know, adolescent in terms of, you know, when we put a phone in their hand Hmm. and it has the capabilities that it has and they do the things that they do, we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. They're going to explore. Right. They're going to explore. They're going to take risks. Yeah. And we, our response Mm -hmm. needs to, needs to be heavily weighted with empathy Hmm. and grace. And And it's so funny. My wife is very much, uh, more inclined than I am. <laughs> I, think, I think the same is true in our oh, house. Man. Okay, so uh, so let's get in. We'll close here and, and land on on the practical because we've talked yeah. about the principles. Yep. We've talked about here's sort of the wisdom that we mm-hmm. see in navigating this stuff and just generally how you can sort of go about this. But but when that gets practical and when we when we take those things to a level of like, okay, so what does that really look like yeah. when I carry that out? What, what are some things that you've found to be effective? Maybe some things that you advise parents, yep. things like that. Do you have? Yeah, so I have things? two big ones. Okay. So the first one for me uh, is to be, be curious. Okay. And what I mean by that is like, okay, so for example, when you were dating uh, your wife, mm-hmm. uh, did you automatically know everything about her? Did you know everything about her likes or dislikes? No, you had to be right. curious. You had to study her and what she, she liked and what you disliked to find out if y'all were going to be compatible, sure. right? And so what I always tell parents is curiosity is a good thing for parents. You want to be a studier of your children. Mm-hmm. I have three. Are any of them the same? No, they like to do some of the same things, but God right. created them unique, right? Yeah. And so they're good. That's the other hard thing about parenting. I'm changing my parenting techniques and things like that, mm-hmm. de- depending upon the kid that I'm yeah. parenting, yeah. right? But I need to still, regardless, regardless, I have to be curious about what's going on in their yeah. world. Like I have to be a studier of mm-hmm. them. So that's the first thing that I would encourage parents to do. You c- just don't sit back. Yeah. Be a curious a parent, be, mm-hmm. you know, be intentional with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my next one that I always tell parents is our goal in all of this is not, ne- is never to isolate our children, right? We're supposed to be bi- bridge builders, mm-hmm. right? So we want to, and this is how I, I I'm a picture type of thinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So always think about we're on one side of the big canyon and they're on the other side. And our parenting is trying to build a bridge mm-hmm. to where we can we can meet yeah. together yeah. over that big canyon. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how you how that fleshes out with with media or technology yeah. or whatever in your your world as a parent, your goal I would encourage you to be is to be a bridge builder. You never want to isolate because what happens in isolation is they're going to go the complete opposite way uh, as probably where you as a parent want to take them. Mm-hmm. And so as a mentor, those are the two big things that I always yeah. encourage parent. You want to be curious. And whatever you do, you don't want to isolate yeah. your kids from you. Be a bridge builder. Yeah, be yeah. a bridge builder. So when you said you, there are two things, that would, those, yeah, those, those are the two. two. So okay. just curiosity uh, and and not okay. ne- don't isolate. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to ask you about when it when it comes to some of these practical things, how do you? For, well, are there any methods of monitoring? Yeah. That, okay. That you have found to be helpful or effective yeah, so or, or apps, things like that. Yeah. That so help. a couple of them, I've, I've used a, a couple different ones. Um, and so I'm just going to land the plan on one for time's sake, okay. you know, so we're, we're a family who's Apple, mm-hmm. right. And so even though I have an older child, I still set 
their phone up as they're under the age of 13. Uh, and so I'm the, I'm the family administrator. Yeah. Right. And so what, so Sam has a tablet, uh, Anna Claire has a tablet and Ben has a phone. And so what's really interesting to me on my phone, I can set how, what time all their apps get shut oh, off, cool. what yeah. time they can get on their apps. I can, I can, uh, select which apps are always on. Like I always want my son to be able to FaceTime with me. Some parents might not like that. So his app is, regardless of what time it is, he can FaceTime with me, right? However, uh, Netflix on his phone uh, is, turns off at like 9.30, right? So I can control that. And the other cool thing is my kids have to all, it sends me uh, an app request, and so what that allows me to do as a parent, I actually get to, to preview I the that app. Existed. Yeah, so yeah, so I have it set up so I, I'm the, the administrator. So if Ben wants an app, he can go on the app store, mm. but it has, to, it has to send me the notification. And I have to actually put in my Apple ID wow. and my thumbprint yeah, or whatever, right. and then I can approve it. And sometimes I decline him. Mm. And he'll come to me and be like, Dad, or even Anna Claire, I, I declined uh this one app the other day and she's like why it's just a singing app and i said well you can share videos and you can see people's videos and you're only eight and i you know and so i i take those opportunities to explain yeah. why we're also i might not approve an app for sam but i might approve one for ben because his maturity level is different so honestly the biggest one i have found i just use the the technology that my iphone gives me okay. and we just we just have all apple devices so it just it's all central. It's yeah. all easy to, to kind of manage that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I do, but I know there's tons out there. So you're, I guess with your oldest, you're probably getting into this territory <laughs> a little bit, but, but you're not, you, you don't see it quite as much as maybe like somebody with a high schooler would. Um, but how do you feel about something like having, keeping access to all your kids, say social media accounts and, uh, and, you know, cause I've had conversations with parents who will, uh, who will say, you know, I always keep the passwords. Those, those are mine and they can't change them and, and use it without my permission. Uh, or, you know, that they can only use it as long as I can log in and look at what they're doing. And then I've, yeah. and I've had parents say, you know, I, you know, I randomly check in or, or sort of, um, override the system or whatever to, to check without necessarily telling the kids, you know, things like that. So where, where do you stand on things like yeah, that? Yeah, so here's the deal. I'm just going to be completely honest. Uh, this is where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. um, in two weeks. <laughs> we'll uh, ask you again. That, yeah, you can ask me again, and that <laughs> might change, right? So so where my son is at, my son's at right now, right? Uh -huh. So um, I hope... I'm doing the work. I've put in the work ahead of time and I'm consistently, uh, you know, I think Tom Rogers used to always say like massaging the steak, getting it, yeah, you know, right. tenderizing it, you know, getting it ready. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm building in him, um, a, as my parenting up until this point, um, where I think he knows where I stand on a lot of this. So right now my goal is not to uh, be the one that holds all the passwords and things mm -hmm. like that, okay? That's not where I've landed the plane yet. However, do I check in periodically mm -hmm. with him? I, I think that'd be naive not to do that, yeah, right, right. Um, as a parent because he's still living in my home. Mm -hmm. There are still godly standards in my home yeah. that 
hopefully he'll have in his yeah, home one right. day, but that's not a guarantee, right? And so I, I, I have to be a monitoring at some level his involvement in some of those things because one of the biggest things that I've noticed, uh, and it's sad to say, but a lot of teens that do end up committing suicide, there, there are these red flags that have been been sent and that the parents were just oblivious to. Not, I'm not saying it's the parents' fault. I'm just right, saying. Right, right. It, there's if I'm checking up on these things, there might be some things that I can see ahead yeah. of time and catch it early, yeah. and that's my goal. I want to I want to be proactive in helping him navigate this world, yeah. right? And so I don't want to I I don't want to be the parent that's sitting on high saying I'm better than you, you're bad, I'm good, therefore I'm this mm. rule dictator. I want to walk alongside him. And, and be his support, right? However, as a parent, I am going to have some godly standards. I mean, my job is to be more Christ-like right. and follow God, right? And so I'm going to train him up in the way he should go. Yeah. And so that for me, that's how we've that's fleshed good. it out right now. That's good. Is there? This will be the last question that I've got, unless, unless you yeah. have anything else you want to add. But is there anything in terms of devices or apps or, I don't know, games uh, that you you just specifically you won't you won't have them in your house hmm. because you see either it's too difficult to to monitor and manage or there's just too many inherent dangers in it. Yeah, so the two big ones, and I know this is what probably every junior high kid wants these mm-hmm. apps, right? Um, there's a couple of them. So um, I'm not a huge fan of Instagram. Okay, um, not because. For kids, I guess. For kids, yeah. yeah. I mean, even as an adult, I'm going to be honest, I don't have Instagram. There's just so many opportunities to go down some rabbit holes and some trails on Instagram that even I, as an adult male, protect myself from, right? I just had this conversation with with a friend from college yesterday about this, and we were talking about how unbelievably, you know, over the top in terms of, like, you're you're touching on it, but like just opportunities to get sucked into temptation yeah. and just a dark, you know, hole where I don't want to go. Uh, I don't exactly. want my kids to go. So that's one. That's a good um, point. And then the other one, uh, the other like app thing is Snapchat. Mm. And the only reason I don't necessarily love that one is mm. because um, here here's what I've heard. My son hasn't used it yet. I don't let him use it yet, but I've, it's almost has been used as a tool to embarrass, to degrade, to bully kids, right? And so why would I want to set him up into that world? I mean, like they can send videos, but yet they don't really go away because you can you know, click a screenshot right, we about it last week. or things like yeah. that. And so why do I want my son or daughter mm-hmm. especially yeah. being, you know, exposed to that? So those are the two apps. Now on the video game side, like, so my son plays Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Some of the parents that are listening might have different views yeah. on that. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like I might let him play Fortnite where I, I feel like, um, even though it's a shooting game, right? Mm-hmm. It's not as realistic yeah. as maybe like a Call of Duty or yeah, something yeah. like that. So I think that's where you, as a family, where y'all need to land you have the to plane. Have those conversations. Yeah, yeah, have the conversation. And here's the deal too. You know, always go back when I helped out in college. There's one a college student that. Uh, I mean, you could tell from an early age he was going to go into the military. Mm-hmm. Like he was just mm-hmm. wired for that. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, just. And so for him, those type of games weren't 
the same as maybe another kid. Yeah. Like he didn't see it the same way. And so yeah. each yeah. kid is different on that. So like, you know, as a parent, you got to figure that out it's with your kid. And your um, kid's going to have different weaknesses than other kids. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, my daughter, she's not on anything like that now, but maybe when she gets older, social media, I know for girls in high school, is a huge, huge thing yes. where they just gossip and, you know, badmouth their friends and things like that. So why am I going to allow her to use things that are just going to, I feel like, hurt her yeah. in the long run? Yeah. So those are kind of right now where I land the plane. That's good. Yeah, you know, and... and for parents who are hearing this and wondering like, okay, so Instagram's out, Snapchat's <laughs> out, what else is out? You know, like one thing that I would encourage parents to think about as they consider what apps they let their kids have and don't have, what social media platforms they let them use is, is think about it this way. You know, you mentioned Snapchat being a, a tool that kids use for things like bullying and, and, and all that. And, and it's a hundred percent true. I mean, for, as a high school pastor, I can't tell you how much, damage I've seen Snapchat do, uh, maybe more than any other single, you know, tool, social media platform or, or, you know, media in general, but it's not, you know, it's not just Snapchat, obviously, mm. and it's not just Instagram. And if yeah. you think about it in these terms, kids today aren't entirely different from kids when we were growing up or generations and generations before us. They're mean to each other, right? Mm -hmm. They're selfish. Uh, they're all, and, and I always try and tell kids this, and especially in big groups, I, I always try and let them know, like, every one of you is scared. You mm -hmm. know, like, you all pretend to have it all together, and that's the goal is to seem like you're, you know, in control and you're not afraid of anything and you're totally confident. And the reality is, you're not. And sometimes mm -hmm. the most confident seeming kids mm -hmm. among them are the least confident ones. And so the point being, everybody's scared of, of not fitting in, of mm -hmm. not being accepted. And because of that, we're, as kids, all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to be accepted. We're trying to get people to like us. We're trying to make the, the jokes that everybody will laugh at. We're trying to wear the clothes that everybody will think look cool. We're trying to uh, make the plays that people will be impressed by, you know, or w whatever it is. And so that that's a universal truth of adolescence and childhood, mm -hmm. right? So how does social media come into that? Social media is the place where we, we try and, and do all those things for, for an audience on, you know, a, a virtual audience. And so bullying is obviously, it's just the sort of, you know, miss guided attempt to be liked and accepted by belittling someone else. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do it on social media instead of, in, you know, in person or on top of also being, you know, doing it in person. And, and so, you know, social media is the place where kids are going to act like kids, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and secondly, it's, and this is an important one for parents to remember and, and especially for kids. Cause I try and tell kids this too we all made mistakes when we were kids. We, we said things we shouldn't have said. We treat people in ways we shouldn't have treated people. Um, we make mistakes. But now in the age of digital media, mm. those mistakes are recorded and live forever. Mm -hmm. And so whereas I did plenty of stupid stuff growing up and things that I, I'm like, man, I'm glad no one saw that or, or only the, the few people that were there saw that. Man, these kids are going to grow up, and those mistakes that they made, they're going to 
have a record of it mm-hmm. and everyone can go back and look at it. And, and of course, you know, now we got, we got cancel culture and, you know, people are going back and pulling up old quotes and tweets. And well, here's the crazy thing. People. I mean, even if you, if you're in, if you're a parent into mm-hmm. politics at all, mm-hmm. I mean, they're pulling up stuff from these presidential candidates yes. from when they were teenagers yes. even. And that's before they even had social media or but, anything but like that's, that. But what's, what's scary is it, they do this now to, it, I feel like they've always done that to an extent with presidential right. candidates, sure. right? Cause they're running for president, but now they're doing it to people who own a small business yep. or who are, you know, head of a local newspaper or a whatever. I mean, it, it's like these, at, at s- smaller and s- I mean, there's a story. I think I mentioned this in the last episode of a girl who uh, she just had a, a very regular job. She didn't. Ha- I mean, she had like less than 200 followers on Twitter and was a very, very average, low influence person by by you know any standard. And she tweeted something that was slightly. I don't know if it was it was offensive for some reason. I, and it, I, so I say slightly. I, I say I say slightly because she only had so many people that it that it touched, you know, it's just a, it's just a a few, not even a hundred people or so. Um, and I forget what it was, but she, she tweeted it and got on a plane from like London to South Africa or something. And by the time she got off the plane in South Africa, you know, 12 hours later or whatever it was, she, this had been like retweeted tens of thousands of times. Um, people were spewing horrible things at her on online uh, her employer had been contacted about it. She was fired. She lost her job during this flight with, with her phone off. I mean, the amount of insanity, you know, in terms of the effect this one little thing had. You know, we all said stupid things when yeah. we were when we were kids um, or as adults, but we say them in in the the privacy of of a, a you know small group of people without a recording device. <laughs> you know, and and it it runs its course now that all of those things go out the window because and and when kids do this stuff on social media it lives forever online mm-hmm. and that to me i think is a is a really helpful thing when you're going okay so instagram's bad snapchat's bad you know what in what what apps can my kid use they're bad for the same reasons that a lot of apps can be bad mm-hmm. and and they can be good for a lot of reasons that other mm-hmm. apps can be good but you have to measure those things and understand the the brain of the person whose hand you're putting it in. Yes. Yeah. And when you when you hand a kid a phone with something like Snapchat or, you know, and and I think that's the crazy Twitter thing. or whatever. Yeah. And we're always trying to find the the more innocent version of that yeah. app. So okay, yeah. so my kid can't use that. Can he use this Messenger one? Or whatever. Yeah. Can he can he use he can't use you know TikTok, but can he use the 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 sort of knockoff version yeah. of TikTok that's supposed to be a little safer. Well, what is it capable of? Because yeah. at the end of the day, whatever mistakes he was going to make on TikTok, he can make on that other app. Yeah. And whatever he's going to record himself doing, he can record himself doing somewhere else. You know, and and just understanding like that's part of the danger that we're talking about sure. is is they're they're exploring, they're trying, they're taking risks. They're going to do that with whatever app they have, whatever social media platform they have. So, anyways, I, I hope that principle is helpful in bringing some clarity to the the question of like which apps can my kids have yeah. and which can't they i mean it's you just have to be aware of what they're capable and of and it'll change tomorrow that's 100 <laughs> percent true yeah so all right josh well thanks for thanks for jumping on this uh podcast episode it's yeah. been good hopefully this is helpful and if parents have any questions 
certainly hope they will they can consult the the series I mentioned at the top of the episode. Uh, they can also contact us. Yep. Um, again, we have we have a, a email address for this. It's exchange at gracechurch.com. If you've got questions specifically about the episode, or you can reach us. Um, if you go to our church website, you can get our contact info there for more questions. But I uh, hope this has been helpful for you, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks.